It's time to channel the 90s and travel all throughout different realities. Oh, snap. Yeah. Welcome to the X-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm just in the 90s traveling machine. Ooh. I realize I'm, I'm always just a machine of some kind. Should I be worried? Are you Orcus? Ooh. 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 Am I scared? Yes. Why? Because you're a mutant? Obviously. Halt, mutant. Halt, mutant. Ugh. Hey, everybody. What's up, y'all? We're here. We're back. We're talking comics. We got more than one issue this week. Yeah, we do. Two physicals and a digital. What, what are they? Oh, you know. X-Men 92, number two. Knights of X, number two. And X-Men Unlimited, number seven bajillion. 37. 37. 37. 37. But before that... News. A couple of news items for you. Oh, little bits of news. Little bits. What do you got? Little bits. Little bits. We got a Hellfire preview. Oh, yeah, we do. Hellfire Gala preview of the upcoming issue, the one-issue event book. It's kind of exciting that it's all just one thing. It's its own book. I like it. I, I, um, I don't want to say I prefer it because we'll see afterwards, but it just feels like... Everyone's there, as we've seen in the previews. Everyone's there, even back from space. Every, we'll talk about that. Yeah. And it's just feels like it's it's focused. It's intentional. It's it's just, this is the thing. Well, and it, it bleeds into another event. Right. It feels like it's an annual, though, now. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's the Hellfire Gala annual, right? So if that's you're going to do the event every year, then you do, like, what is it, 72 pages or something? Look at me. I read an article. Hey, hey. The one thing that still blows my mind is, I think, in world, it's been like four weeks since the last Hellfire Gala. At least conversationally. Time means nothing, yeah. Justin. But, so are we not going to address that in any way, shape, or form? No, of course not. Why would we? Um, Maybe just for logic reasons? Oh, goodness. Well, those preview pages, they... They brought on a lot of feelings. Good feelings? Not all good feelings. Feelings, feelings. Feelings, feelings. Okay, one, I was excited. My girl Kate, she's there. She's not in space. However... What's she wearing? Let's just talk about it for a second. So the makeup on her face is the same makeup that she wore last year, except last year it was only on one eye. And this year it's on both. And last year, she wore like a captain-style jacket, but it had a little bit more flair. And there was the the one, the you know, the... The phasing. The phasing Yeah, the ability. phasing of it all and the, the dress that popped up on the side. This year, it looks like she slapped the same makeup on both sides of her face and she's just wearing her regular jacket. Like... The only thing is, like, maybe she's wearing the pendant that Emma gave her. So that's, like, her thing. But why does she look exactly the same? Why doesn't she get some kind of new Hellfire Gala look? Kind of upset about it. And I would like there to be an explanation. Her and Bishop kind of match, though. That's pretty see. cool. All right. Well, fine. Do you like Do, that more? I like No, I like that they match. But I think that she deserves just as much as everyone else to get a new look all right all right so all right. i'm upset so that's one one page that gave me a feeling but but how's emma looking emma looks fantastic steve thinks so too 
I think they're, those are sex eyes between the two of them. Yeah. I have been having some really great conversations with people on Instagram about these pages. And there's... So Hot Claws and I were talking about this idea that there's been no confirmation of who the cuckoo's father is and whose DNA was used for that and like the way they were created and its relation to Steve as Captain America and I just thought that was hysterical that it's like you guys have children together but there's a lot of like a lot of energy on the internet towards the sexy eyes that are going on between the two of them Mm. and then we get Emma and Scott dancing Emma and Scott. Emma not and Emma, Scott. Not Emma and Captain Krakoa. Scott. Scott. De- Dead Man Scott. It's out. Is that, Well, it's going to be. It's out for sure. And um, a, a handful of people have... So what I did was I posted the, the preview pages and I was like, what's your favorite and what do you think these all mean, you know? And a handful of people were kind of talking about this idea that they think that Emma is just telling Scott everything. Like, this dance is not an actual romantic dance. It's a ruse. It's like, oh, Scott, join me on the dance floor, and then I'm going to tell you everything there is to know about Moira. And I'm so here for that theory, and I think that's a theory I can get down with. But if they're dancing in a romantic way, I'm out. I mean, they're they're definitely dancing in some kind of... It's not a platonic way. It is the illusion of romance as a distraction for the conversation in which they are having. That's I'm going to go with that theory. So everybody that's been saying that, I'm here for it. I'm with you. Let's do it. And then there's the Moira of it all. She's standing in the background aflame. The inferno we were teased with but never really saw. But there's also a seemingly Mary Jane Proteus situation where Doug kind of looks over at who I believe is Mary Jane and is questioning Mary Jane speaking to Proteus. Like something's up there. Yeah, I see that. And Doug, Doug knows. Doug knows that it's not right. Well, he can read body language. Yeah. So... Ooh, I think it's going to be very exciting, but I'm also like terrified by the Moira in the Flames situation. <laughs> I'm just terrified about Moira there in general and and the fact that she is 100% wearing Mary Jane's body. Yeah. And and how does that work? I don't know. I mean, if it is a skin suit, it's a much better job than the first time. <laughs> well, she learned, you know, robot precision. Learn from your mistakes. Right. Haven't, and, haven't seen Banshee in any of these images, though. Oh, uh, well, because... Do they even know he's dead? I don't know. I don't know. That's a great question. And Doom, I don't know what's up with Doom, but he looks fly. Yeah, and he looks annoyed by, I'm assuming, Miles. Mm. All right. Are those, those your reactions? Are those all your feelings? Are those... I think so. Let me just give these pages one more. The new Doctor Strange is there. Yeah. That. What's that about? I think that's like Emma's, because it's Emma who's talking to her. Like maybe that's Emma's reaction to creating some sort of magic protection for Krakoa because of everything that happened with Celine. Hmm. You know? Yeah. I'm not sure Emma would make it though, would 
She doesn't know magic. No, that's why she's asking. Oh, she's asking for protection from. Is that that's clear, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's huh. like, listen. The new sorcerer supreme. We need you. Do it up. It's coming soon. I don't know when this comes out. When is July thirteenth? Oh wow, that's been pushed back. Yes. Gives me more time to work on my costume, so I'm fine with it. <laughs> hey, you know what else came out this week? What? Another Infinity comic that oh. was not the one we were expecting. Oh, snap. So, you know Marvel Voices, the one-shots that highlight different creators of diversity in various ways? Yes. So, they're doubling down and now have created an Infinity comic companion for it. It's pretty cool. Marvel Voices Iceman number one. It'll be the first of a four-part series written and drawn and colored by Luciano Vecchio. So cool to have one creator do the whole thing. The full effect, except for the letters. Except for the letters. Colin Joe. VCs. I read the issue and I enjoyed it. I thought it was a nice sort of look at... One, where Iceman is now, and it also, for me as a reader, kind of goes back over his story of coming out and his some past relationships and his first love. And, you know, I did find out some, some good clarifying information, which is that he and Christian are no longer together. Yeah. They, they, they spend time together. They have a great relationship, but it is not... It's not a serious, committed relationship. It's not so happening right now. He's single and ready to mingle, or maybe will be taken as we see in the end of the issue. Yeah. It's cool. Um, I will say another character made an appearance and made it known that she does not plan to live on Krakoa. Oh. She made a firm statement. Maybe she'll just live in New York. <laughs> because that's where the X-Men live. Yeah. Whatever, Firestar. Yeah. Last bit of news. Doctor Strange streaming on June 22nd. Oh, dang. That's so much sooner than I thought. That's great. An excuse to watch it again. What did we it, never it came went out... to see it in theaters a second time. That's fine. Maybe this weekend. That's fine. For your birthday. I just told everyone your birthday is this oh, weekend. Oh, no. How do you feel about that? I feel exposed. Y'all, if you're listening to this on Friday, then it's Justin's birthday today. So shower him with love and X-Men images. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Let's talk comics. Okay. Comics. X-Men Unlimited. Okay. The Maggot story. Listen. Revisited. I don't like all of this aggression towards my girl, Emma. What do you mean aggression towards... Is she, she's wanting to kill Eni. She's just like, oh, yeah, we got we got this problem. Let's just let's just drown this thing. Or Yeah, I. Uh, that's not cool for sure. For sure, for sure. And I guess she's just kind of coming in with that council gusto where, hey, I'm, I'm kind of the lawmaker of these parts. Yeah, I mean, everything you're saying is valid, but it would be wrong of me to not just take a pro emma stance i feel i have to at least say that once before i'm like okay emma chill i mean and and i will say in regards to emma i've really been enjoying the art but emma looks off i don't like it it's i emma and <laughs> this image exactly yeah oh uh, there's <laughs> it's emma and then there's a there's an image of rogue in a in the background somewhere 
and am not I'm not feeling real like Wolverine like Laura looks great Laura looks great Maggot looks great Maggot looks great Eni looks, looks great. great I would like to say it is pretty I would like to apologize for my previous assumption of Eni and Meanie's gender yeah because Maggot uses says the girls yep and I believe uh, when we last spoke of them we were using he him pronouns. I don't remember, so, but maybe. Apologies, Eni and Meanie, for assuming your gender. But Eni is mad. Ugh, stop. Stop <laughs> showing me them. Why is Emma's nose so big? Why does she Because she hasn't she she got resurrected recently and she didn't get work done no. before jumping into this comic. No. They would not resurrect her with her old nose. They wouldn't do it. Sorry. Even I know that's not cool anymore. Hope's calling the shots. Ay ay ay. But, I mean, essentially what we learned in this issue is that, well, Maggot was brought up to speed on what's going on with Eni, And I also learned that Maggot is quite strong. Oh, yeah. You know, on top of, I thought the, you know, the little bugs living inside him and all that was the majority of his power. But I mean, so that's how he gets even stronger. I is see. From them eating things and then giving that energy to him. <clears throat> that's how he can just straight up body slam Emma like that. Yeah. And in general, he has enhanced strength, durability and other skills. And I also just another another little on my tally for why I like Laura She's sticking up for Eni. She's like, you know, I'm a clone too. Right. And everybody wants to just get rid of me all the time. And I'm not going to let you get rid of Eni. And I thought that was magical. I love it when she walks in and she says to Emma, you know, this doesn't look good, right? Yeah. And I was like, well, that's because it's not. Yeah, this is going to sound unhinged, but there are two Enies. We're mutants. That's not unhinged. It's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. (laughs) I love this. Eeny, giant eeny slugging in the water yeah. shot. Yeah. It's going to be quite interesting when Eeny makes her way to Krakoa. Yeah. Do we think that Laura and Emma are going to continue to duke this out? Because they're, they're yeah, on they're either going, sides. They're going at it pretty hard. I mean, I guess, you know, in this instance, like in this situation, Laura is a clone, but she was given her own identity. Laura is a not a Half, clone. She's not really a right. clone. She is the genetic material of Logan fertilized into the womb of a woman. So right, she right. is kind of a clone, kind she's of really the daughter. Not. She's kind of just a um like an IVF baby or a surrogate baby where they take the guy's sperm and put it in someone else's egg. But it's more than just his sperm, <laughs> right? I mean, your sperm contains your genetic material. Sure. But it is literally a copy of his DNA. I'm still going to argue that that's what a sperm is. But. Okay. But that's just for argument's sake. But Eni, like, this is a different situation. Not that I'm condoning. I'm not. I'm saying it right now. I'm not condoning Emma just trying to straight up kill Eni too. I'm not. But. I do think this is a situation which definitely deserves a discussion because it's a replacement essentially for someone who didn't need to be replaced. Right. So now there's two of the exact same. And also to just assume that that's going to solve the problem of Eni coming in angry and, and the fact that 
Eni is giant and can Maggot even absorb her at yeah, that size? that's true. I think the argument for how it will sort of tame Eni is that she's mad because she is being replaced. She's mm-hmm. like, I'm not gone and you've replaced me. So she's angry. So saying, oh no, sorry, my bad. I'm not trying to replace you. Let me get rid of this other one. And and Emma has been inside Eni's mind in a place that maybe she knows more. But I don't think that just straight up murdering Eni too is the right call here. Nope. Written by Alex Pacnadel, art by Julian Shaw, color art by Dono Sanchez Almara, and letters Joe Sabino. VC Joe Sabino. Joey. All right. Now we move on to what we call the physical books. I don't call it that. I call it that. Call it comic book. All right. They're both comic books, though. Hey, we got an homage to the Mark Brooks promotional covers that we've seen previously. This, like, stacking of all the mutants in one shot, different sides, the full lineup, little Krakoa faces. You don't actually see the faces, just just the sprouts. Just the sprouts. I love this lineup, seeing everything together. I'm curious, especially because of how close they are, this whole Cable and Apocalypse getting along here. I always thought that was weird with Baby Cable, just because, you know, they are not... That's a lot to forgive. Oh. Cable was raised in a... And and maybe Baby Cable was not of that age, but I think he was. You know, He was raised in this dystopian future where Apocalypse reigns supreme and, and essentially destroys everything. And Oh, well, all mutants are friends now, right? Right. And it's just... Isn't that what Sabretooth says? Yeah. Yeah, because he <laughs> says it genuinely, too. <laughs> Uh, but yeah it's a cool cover for sure so you ready yep all right here we go page turn noise we're hitting right in with a title page with no title though no title just x-men 92 house of 92 written by steve fox art by salva espin color art by israel silva and letters hey it's vc's josephino joey All right, we're digging in, and we're getting the essentially House of X number two. House of X callback to Moira's lives, but we're getting them from Jubilee's perspective. And the full effect, too, with a lot of callbacks to different experiences. So this, you know, at the arcade, this is classic X-Men the Animated Series. Classic. I seen it. We get... Shots by the pool with Colossus and Jubilee flexing. This is a promotional image from a long ago in the 90s. Oh. Direct homage to that image. And it kind of follows the same trajectory of Moira's lives, right? So mm. lived her life normally in the first life, avoided things or tried to tried to go against it the second life. Formed with the X-Men and, and was later radicalized in the third. Yeah. It's it's interesting how this story parallels the House of X story, but then also is very different. Very different, right? As we get to Life 9, where Nimrod actually identifies her other power and gives her only one life left. There's no other arch nemeses within the mutants. There's no destiny and mystique. But interesting that she still gets that you basically only have one life left like destiny gave that to moira nimrod's giving it to jubilee i will say 
Vampire Jubilee is cool. That is a thing from the comics. Dope. And And also Child Jubilee coming to them much earlier in the same way that Moira came to Charles much earlier. Mm -hmm. It's good stuff. Teaming up with Strife instead of Apocalypse. Oh, yeah. And this future lineup, these these X-Men in Generation X, this Krakoa-Cable hybrid. I think that's Kid Apocalypse, Evan. Oh, that's who that... I was like, who is that bug man? Right. It, it looks like Krakoa's face, but instead of merged with Doug, he's merged with Cable. That's nuts. And then who is this Wolverine looking? I would assume some some kind of Wolverine. And a silver girl. And like looks kind of like a Zorn-esque fire phoenix <laughs> devil horns. I don't know. I don't know. But they're going to battle with the Nimrods. Yeah, but we'll, let's let's we'll put a pin in that and let's go back to today. Because Rogue's leading the Marauders. Yes, all the gays on one boat. <laughs> I like that she is like Remy. Don't worry. Yeah. Let me tell you why it didn't work out with Iceman. Who who is it? And Lorna. Iceman and Lorna. Look at them. They're having the the greatest time together. On and it's boat. interesting because especially at this point, I don't know how many of these characters are actually out. Mm-hmm. Like I know North Star definitely is. He was the first to come out in a comic. Yeah. I don't think Shatterstar and Richter have made that clear. I, I'm not even sure about Grizzly as well. And Iceman definitely not. That was after his time traveling escapades that he came yeah. out. But Rogue knows because, you know, she's absorbed them all. Because Rogue knows. And of course, Sinister's up to something, working on his chimeras, phase zero. This, that part to me was like, wait, we're going here? We're bringing it all up in this comic. Yeah. This is like a fast forward through all the things that have happened. Right. We get one shot to be like, yeah, Crucible happens here too. Sabretooth and Wolverine are upset at each other. I thought we were all friends now, Wolverine. Grr. <laughs> this crowd is more rotten than the show. And then a nice little romantic spot on a Krakoan petal. Not a fan of, of the close-up of Jean's face here. There are a couple of faces that, uh, you know, not great. Her eyes are too far apart. Yeah. And, and kind of I, like on one side of her head. You know, I always feel bad when I get picky about art. I really do. Because I'm like, this is somebody's work. But I'm not saying it's not good art. I'm just saying it's not for me. Sure. In the same way Emma's face from yeah, the Marvel no, That's not for me. Right. But we have all the lineups I'm excited about as Gene is just telling Logan, hey, these are what's going on. We've got we've got the all new, all different X Factor Wanda and Apocalypse? Wanda and Apocalypse. They would be the people because Wanda is technically a mutant at this time. I can't. That, I was like, oh, that's a team I'm here for. Yeah, and throw Psylocke and Bishop onto X-Force. Yes, please. But Jean's got to go because she's on the council this time, but it's known as the Inner Circle. Which is Hellfire. the original name for the Hellfire Club. Yes, loved that. Yeah. And this time, Logan has a picture of him and Jubilee. Best friends. Get to know your inner circle through today's hottest jams. This, this. Highlight of the book. Was amazing. One of the highlights of the books. It's not in the digital copy. 
or it's actually it's both of the data pages for some reason are at the end of the digital copy. And also, I've got to tell you, um, our friend Gonzalo sent us up inner circle playlist. I I literally was like, my first reaction was, this needs to be a playlist. Gonzalo's got your back. Yeah. Amazing. Love it. Amazing. It's ready to go. Just press play. The song choices, they crack me up. And of course, Mr. Sinister has crossed out Creep. Creep and added, I'm too sexy. Yeah. And that. It's his own edit. So let's just go over who the inner circle happens to be. We've got Charles, Magneto, Apocalypse, Storm. They're all on the original council. Jean Grey and Cyclops. Hmm. Interesting. Cyclops replacing Cyclops, Nightcrawler for some yeah. reason. Emma, Archangel, Callisto, Omega Red. Yeah. Mystique and Mr. Sinister. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Cool to see it, you know, in this sort of alternate universe perspective. I'm curious to see if the same deal is set up with Emma and the Hellfire Club. You know, the way that the Hellfire Trading Company was approached and and she argued for two seats and she pulled Callisto and and Archangel instead of... There's no Shaw, which is interesting. no Shaw. There's no Kate, but she'd probably be too young at this point, right? She's still a child. She's still kitty. She's off on Excalibur. Charles deems their mission a success. Is it? Because Magneto does not believe Eric you. Eric looks concerned. His face is like, no, I don't think I don't think it was. As we get our Orcus team lineup on the next page. I gotta say, I looked at this picture and I immediately went, <gasps> Donald Blondie Pierce is here. Oh yeah. You can always tell a hellfire guy by the ruffles it's the ruffles there's it's, ruffles it's a those, giveaway those pilgrim shoes <laughs> those pilgrim shoes we got henry peter gyrick and graden creed cameron hodge lady deathstrike blondie pierce and gw bridge and robot trask of course robot trask because regular trask was destroyed in the quest to destroy the mother mold master mold I always do it wrong. Master mold. It was the master mold. There's some love budding in between Lady Deathstrike and Bolivar Trask. Mm. Can we talk about this six-armed sentinel situation here? Sure. Six-armed, three faces. That's terrifying. The three faces is actually a thing. I have... It it came with Mark Robert. Yes. There's a three-headed sentinel head. Mark Robert. And there was, in the future... There was that the, the three-headed... Theta, Theta Sentinel, which I have as a Build-A-Figure on the yes. shelf. That was the most difficult Build-A-Figure to put together. Yeah, it was. I love the Krakoa beat. I know we're just getting like our information on our uh, Orcus team over here, but I'm here for these data pages. Every single one of them. Humanity's hottest and most eligible final line of defense against the mutant menace. Ultimate villain roundup for fans. And we get Beast, classic bouncing Beast, using all these fancy words. Fixing his glasses. Yeah. Not being oh dear. a devil. Yeah, not, not manipulating whole societies of people. Well, it's okay. He's got his counterpart, Sinister, for that. Right, right. 
Sinister quick to say, oh yeah, you know, all this rumbling and screams of terror, definitely mission accomplished. That totally worked. Sassafras. And can we just, winds carry us aloft. I love it. I love it. Storm, announce your power. So many callbacks to the 90s animated series. It's so good. Chaos is unfolding. Already, Charles? Did our mission buy us so little time? This spread. Mm-hmm. I love this spread. It's just everywhere. Teamwork makes a dream work, baby. If you can hear me, you're an X-Man. Right. That's their leader. You know, that's... Ooh, and the... the you've got Banshee and Ruckus right near Dazzler all teaming up. So they're, they're two screamers with someone who changes sound into projectile light. That seems like a wise combination. Then you've got Cable, Domino, and Bishop... All together. The gun squad. The gun squad. There's just a lot of a lot of cool cameos. But the, the big surprise, Fabian Cortez coming in with the winning shot. Now this, this right here might be the Scott Summers that everyone is always trying to get me to like, to see. This Scott Summers doesn't say, I am the X-Man. This Scott Summers says, we did it. All of us. Krakoa. Yeah. When Gene says, you did it, Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, I will say. Humble. Thumbs up, Scott Summers. Yeah. But, uh. No trace? No trace of, of the black box. So it's interesting to me that in this instance, Charles and Magneto knew that this was really a way for Orcus to get information. It they seems, knew. It seems like everybody's smarter in this comic. Yeah. <laughs> Like even even the fact that Wolverine is cracking the case on the, on the next page. Yeah, but anyway, even though we couldn't trace that black box, Orcus got what they needed. They got all the information. That was just a Trojan horse. We have a full catalog of their powers, and that's cool. That is cool, it's but terrifying. also scary. Interesting new conflict here, right? We don't have the Destiny Moira dichotomy we have wolverine trying to find his friend and Sabretooth about to ruin everything Sabretooth is like if you're about to be in on something wolverine i'm about to be in on it best friends and then that's it that's, that's it. all we've got no tease except for ten of swords of some kind with the original horseman mm. what you think not I'm... the original horseman but the original horseman from the comics mm. i i Enjoy it. I like this title because it gives, because I have the basis of what Krakoa is, I'm able to sort of move through this fast forwarded version without feeling confused. But I like getting to see the different spins of things. And as someone who has seen a chunk of the animated series, but has not read a lot of older comics. I like getting to see these different iterations of the characters and, you know, callbacks to these other moments and and learning those things. It gives me like a new lens to look at Krakoa, but also a new lens to look at these characters and give me a little bit more than I had before. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I still love it. I'm not sure if it'll continue to be this entertaining or I'll get tired of the rehash plots of Krakoa but as of right now I'm excited to see the differences between the story we've been reading and now how it's being adapted and even changed I think that that's really exciting yeah like you could have just done a straight adaptation like yeah this is what happens here and this is how you plug in 
but there's other things working in this story. Yeah, it's fun. I got some questions. We got some questions. We got some questions. Why is this Orcus seemingly smarter? Because this this is a play that they have not done. To have a catalog of mutant powers on Krakoa to then work from there? That just seems like a great offensive. Well, it's interesting that you say that it's the thing they haven't done because I think, in a way, Orcus and the X-Desk in the Krakoan comics is slowly gathering that information. They just don't have the the plot to do it directly. Right, slowly. And, and, and I wouldn't necessarily combine Orcus and the X-Desk. Well, to each his own on that front. That's an argument for another day. But I think, I think, let's call them OG Orcus, would love to have been this smart and this put together. Yeah. And I think that's what makes this story interesting. I also feel like this, X-Men 92, is trying to tell you the same story but in a much faster paced way and so in order to do that they have to set orcus up like right from the get yeah you know that's true that's true they got to be a big threat mm-hmm. are Sabretooth and wolverine going to mess it all up wolverine finding jubilee Sabretooth coming after him you know even jubilee saying like why you got to mess this up why you got to do this can't you just leave me to leave it alone maybe I feel like that's going to be the... I don't know if they're going to mess it up, but it's going to be something. Well, if Jubilee is exposed and everyone's like, wait, why Why is this? And I don't know. Yeah. You have to bring Wolverine in on the secrets. He's going to have to have the, the Emma Frost talk. Right. But, and that's the other question. Does the rest of the council know about Jubilee? Know about the 10 lives? Probably not, because it seems like in this instance, Xavier and... Magneto are still doing their still things. doing their little buddy buddy foolishness. Yep. Thoughts on this new Marauders team? Do you want to see Rogue leading the Marauders now? No. <laughs> not interested. Interested it's, enough for the joke, but not interested. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, the Marauders is Kate's team. Like that's. I mean, the Marauders are Sinister's team. But okay, sure. The new Marauders are yeah, Kate's yeah, yeah. team. The Marauders on a boat. You know, if I'm just saying, if Rogue's gonna do it, let's get her in a pirate outfit. Down with not it. a sexy boobalicious bathing suit. I mean, Remy is down with either. Yeah, but Remy's not there. I love the fact that Gonzalo sent and made a, a playlist because that was one of my questions. Like, how is this not already a playlist coming out with the comic? It is. But curls also love that data page. Worth a good laugh, and I cannot help but agree because they, all the data pages have just been They're dripping great. with 90s nostalgia They're and so just great. hilarious. I love them. Captain 2 Michael wants to know if we like the art. Didn't specify which comic, so I'm just throwing it in here. I Overall, I like that this art style feels very similar to the cartoon, yeah. and I think it suits this comic really well. There are some images that I'm not a super fan of, but generally the art, I'm here for it. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I noticed this in the first issue, but the artist signs his name on specific panels or pages, which I've never seen in other comics. So like on the last page in the rock, you can see Oh. on the bottom. And I saw that a couple of times in the first issue. Interesting. But I would agree. It has a great vibe. Honestly, I... Looking at the cover, which is David Baldion, mm-hmm. uh, maybe we can get David Baldion on this comic. Yo, let's do that. That'd be awesome. 
But I do like it. Yes. Me too. And I love Knights of X's art. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Amazing. Mike Loves Mariah Carey is wondering, who are we most shocked to see on the council, the inner circle? Ooh. Also, Omega Red. Also, can we please get Rogue leading a gay X-Men team, please? Please, let's do it. Yes. Um, yeah, I think it was, Omega Red. It was Omega Red 100%. What are you bringing to the table that is not already covered by Sinister and Mystique? His song is Drain You. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it tracks. I love it. DMX9486 wants to know, where is Psylocke in the X-Men 92 cover? This is... She right there. In the back. Ooh, there she is. She in the back. Right next to Apocalypse. So... It's like a search and find. Yeah. Where's Waldo? Where's Psylocke? She's in the back. She's in someone else's body. Honestly, though, when you look at this cover, if it wasn't for the purple hair, like, she doesn't pop out. Like, you can't see her arms, so you don't know, like, she's those bands or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, So it's, it's an easy, an understandable miss. But she's there. You ready for Knights of X? Oh, I'm so ready for Knights of X. Let's get it. First, the cover. All out action. Love it. Yeah. It's pretty epic. I love it. Everybody's so intense. And there's there's magical power beams flying everywhere and swords and battle cry faces. It's interesting that we're getting what looks like the full team in the Crooked Market in this shot, which mm. is not what we get later on. It's not true to the book. Yes. But, but still, it's, but like it's great. <laughs> we'll give it a pass. We'll give it a pass. But that amazing Spider-Man 2 with Mary Jane on the cover and no mention of Mary Jane in the issue? Not cool. Not cool. You know what I really like, which I don't know if I noticed this in the first issue? The way that the title is the, a sword. The hilt of the sword, yeah. That's pretty cool. It's okay. Yeah, I'm into that. That's cool. All right, here we go. Peach turn noise. Merlin mad. He very mad. We get Captain Britain's recap from the raving mad Merlin. Mutants within the team, within my council. I don't understand how he even allowed that to be a thing in the first place. Yeah. Like, like you've had, well, what was it? Just you keep your enemies closer because Jim has a command of the crooked market and he needs that as a territory. I just feel like if you are so against which breed you wouldn't allow them you wouldn't trust them you wouldn't allow them in your closest group of you might use him as a contact that you say you're you know you're there with your but you wouldn't it would be like a false collaboration but you wouldn't have them where you have your deepest darkest secrets like i just don't feel like that was a smart move on his part at all well, I mean, he's got nothing to worry about seeing as he has Jim Jaspers captured and tied up with Blightswill. Which is some kind of scary green liquid. It's a liquid that we saw on Ten of Swords that made Storm and Wolverine lose their abilities <gasps> before then being thrown into a battle. So this is basically their version of a power dampening collar. Yep, and if, it's even it, stylized as a power dampening yes, collar. But if it gets on him, does he lose his actual powers? Or is it just like, the presence of the liquid dampens you? I believe it's the second one. Mm. And it's interesting because Storm and Wolverine had to drink it. Like, they drank it as part of their shots Oh, right. Competition. I remember that now. Yeah. Ten of Swords is a blur. 
Well, we we've got our little telepathic seance yeah. connecting to Charles Xavier. Talking about that siege perilous recap in our mission, which I know I just said we got a recap on the first couple pages, but these are solid recap pages. We get new information or new plot added in as we recap what happened in issue one. And also a lot of really great information on the Siege Perilous as a whole and how it's played a role in comics before this point. Like if you didn't know anything about it, this gives you a good understanding. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sinister is unusually interested in Mordred. Dude. Give me those jeans. Give me his blood or even his hair. Hair's fine. I love that the duck Betsy, the swan Betsy is in the seance. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's funny. Title page, Imperative. Part two, Never Split the Party. Written by Teeny Howard, art by Bob Quinn, color art by Eric Arseniega, letters by Ariana Maher. VCs, Ariana Maher data page oh a data page wait we gotta go back for a second to the title never split the party okay this is a dungeons and dragons reference i love it i mean excalibur was essentially intended to be a dungeons and dragons i mean this whole book is essentially this is a quest right but you know we're watching stranger things and i just i get hyped with the you know, it's like Stranger Things is all about Dungeons and Dragons, but they have the Hellfire Club as their their name. I'm not going to say any more because that could have been a spoiler. My B. And then this ties. It's just cool. It's just cool when your nerd worlds collide. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Okay. Now, data page. Let's acknowledge the weight of this artifact for which we quest. If you didn't read the classic stories when it comes up, Light refresh. Yeah, it's good stuff. Also, Betsy knows the Siege Perilous. She may even know it best of all. Hoo-hoo. We got castle fights in between the team. Oh, my goodness. Not going so well as uh, Kylon does not trust Mordred. I think it's really interesting that Mordred feels so timid and so unsure of himself. When it seems they all know him as something other than he is right now. Right. They're putting their like past experience on this reborn version of Mordred, and he doesn't know how to doesn't deal. Doesn't know what's doing, what he, what's going on with any of that. Mordred has the particular gift to know the weakness in all things, including a person's mentality. He has used this to gain a psychological advantage against his foes, which is why Kylun flips out on him, saying that he's in our minds, in, he's messing with me. Mm. And I like Mordred calls him. You great beast. And I feel as though he means that as a compliment, but it is not taken as one. No. Oh, for heaven's sake, boys, settle down. Now let's split the team, even though we just said don't do that. We just said don't do that, but we're doing it. Tell, <laughs> Let me tell you that when it was like, Gambit knows how to get you inside the crooked market. Cut to little old lady. for for Pop-tarts. I thought... That Gambit was in a little old lady disguise for a second. <laughs> and I was like, Gambit's pretending to be a little lady? And then I was like, nope, she's just doing business for Pop-Tarts. I'm, I'm glad that this plot point gets some additional play because it was likely the most interesting thing for Gambit from Excalibur. The fact mm-hmm. that he was building this wheeling and dealing Relationship black market, market yeah, 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 in the crooked market. <laughs> Who knew Pop-Tarts and Earth Snacks would be such a hot commodity in other worlds? Yeah. Well, and obviously... We're going to a place where people are hiding out. 
we're going to use a secret entrance. Jeez, Gambit, come on now. Come on now. I'm assuming that these are all mutants, or at least some of them. Yeah. Right? So wh- why are they right. hiding out? Yeah. Mutants are mutant supporters. Yeah. Undesirables, he calls them. Undesirable number one, Harry Potter. Interesting uh, relationship between Gambit and Megan. I think in this moment, Megan is feeling this a similar way about Brian. And I think she's sort of like trying to connect with Gambit and be like, no, she really loves you and she really misses you because it's like what she needs to believe about Brian. And so right. she's sort of like, let's be here for each other. Well, and also she's an empath, right? So she's, she's feeling what he's feeling. So oh, she right. recognizes that and is trying to console right. him and, and say things that he might want to hear or things that she believes. And I feel when I read the dialogue of this, it feels like Gambit is uncomfortable and that like he doesn't know if he believes what, what Megan is saying. Um, but when I look at this image, it looks like Gambit's like, <laughs> all, all right. right. Yeah, I love the his his right hand is like, hey, look at my hands. I, I'm, I'm not, not t- touching. I'm, I'm not touching. I'm being good. Where's Rogue? <laughs> but the side eyes and the eyebrows are really what's making me question it. Well, they're ready to fight, which I want to point out. Betsy knows all about Blightswill, but she was shattered into a million pieces when Wolverine and Storm drank Blightswill. She had already lost her competition with Iska. Where'd she get this information? Just Otherworld. She just read it? She just... Being the guardian of other worlds. No, because she knows specifically it's the only drink I've ever seen knock Logan and Storm on their asses. Oh, well, that's a continuity flaw then. Boom. Called it. Pointed it out. Now let's sideline our dragon. I'm so, I'm so. Well, you gotta know he's not gonna be sidelined. Something's gonna happen and he's gonna have to protect Roma. Like, they're not gonna do all this, bring him in. This is gonna be part of his quest. And also, Roma sent them on a quest and she, her whole thing was like, you've got to do what the quest says and everybody's quest is different. So I think she knows deep down that he's meant to be with her. No, I, I know. I understand that it fits the story. It's just... I want the dragon in my quest party. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna ditch the reality melting dragon who just loves to eat things and burn everyone? Yeah, probably not your best choice, but But it also seems as though she will potentially be rewarded for her heroic thoughts, you know, her heroism, as Roma says. It might be the right move overall. But yeah, Blightswill, Merlin's got it. And anything is possible. Anything. Great action sequences. I mean, I, I did say it quickly when we were at the end of last issue, but I, I love Bob Quinn's art. Love it. Love it. Just the, so good. This drop-in shot of the four of them and the way Shatterstar is just tearing through people. So yeah, good. It's amazing. You love a good drop-in shot. I love good drop-in shots. We got to find Sheriff Whitechapel. Oh, I was so excited when this sheriff came back. Yeah, you loved her. I love her. I'm so happy. But she's in trouble right now. She's captured. Yeah. She's captured above their refinery where they're taking the, the raw blight swill and making it even more potent, refining it. I thought this was so strange. All right, Richter, you're with me. Okay, no, now you're fighting. I'm, I'm okay. We're good. 
Like, I'm going to bring you over here. Why'd you bring me over here? <laughs> just so I could go back and ride this rock over to where everybody else was? Which I feel yeah. like is a new thing that I haven't seen very much of. Richter. Well, he's controlling the earth in right. a different in way. In a different way. I'm just loving Shatterstar. Like, no, just I'm... giddy with excitement. Just like, giddy with the kill. He's just so excited. Just going in for it. Look, like, at his, look at his face. He's so happy. Ha ha, I'm fine. I'm alive in the thrill of combat. It's awesome. Mordred is just trying to not die. He's like literally, uh, hey, I can, Sarah Richter, I would like your help. <laughs> Sarah is a alternate for Sir. Yes. I figured you know. that. I don't know. I'm feeling the sheriff. She's back. She's going to be important in this book. Do I need to cosplay her? <laughs> what? I mean, give her give her a couple more appearances before you start working on another cosplay. I just am saying she's basically she's... Kate with alterations to her costume. So then it's easy. It's very easy, yes. But, but it's I also... also not the same. The jacket is different, and that's a that's a Carmen San Diego hat. If I ever saw one, that's true. I am adopting this phrase into my casual conversations. I'm always glad to clap eyes on you. <laughs> I'm always glad to clap eyes. On I'm you. clapping my eyes on you. Is that just blinking at you? <laughs> I think it's like looking, seeing. You're right, you. right. But like the clapping of your eyelids. Is yeah, what I'm yeah, I guess that's blinking. I like the fact that Whitechapel says, you know, my crew are mutants, so I'm here to protect them. Yes, I love that. But were they just bait? As the hive mind attacks the jailbreaking captain. Oh no. Which I don't I don't know. Too much about the Viscora, but this hive mind and then the the play, like, yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna fake my death. But what if you really die? But what if you really she's like not worried about it? No. That's why she's not dead. Yeah. And we're fighting the other world sentinels. <clears throat> I mean the Furies. Furies. I love this big page, the split screen of the two. Yes. Yeah, awesome. this is this is why you need two telepaths on a team. Even though technically you could probably do this with just one and a, a link between the two, but right. there was there was conversation at the beginning of like why why are you having two telepaths? I mean they're they're different. They're they very are different. different, and they each bring something else. You know, Captain Britain is leading it. Rachel has a lot more with her fire and and just her force of power. Yeah, her chrono skimming, which she isn't using here, but she might. Maybe the quest. Is still continuing, Justin. Gambit's got some new cards. Gambit does have some new cards. And they look like they are relative to what he's throwing and or saying. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I want to know, like, what do they mean? Is it something special? They seem a little more like tarot cards. Yeah, right. Which I wonder, which is similar to what Saturnine was using in Ten of Swords. Yep. So I wonder if there's a connection there or his cards just transform into these kind of cards when he's in Otherworld. Yeah, or he just bought a new deck in the Crooked Market. Yeah, or that. Rachel's Fury read, no additional Otherworld selves. Designation, Ascani. What did you just call me? What does that mean? Clan Ascani. The cable is Ascani's son. It's the future... Rachel is Mother Ascani. We've talked about this in the Cable episode long ago when he was brought to the future and mm -hmm. raised just of the Ascani people. Okay. I like read it and I was like, I know that's something. Yeah. But I don't remember what it is. Can we shout out Kai Lun's cool use of power? 
he literally is faking to be a fury to call the other furies. It's kind of amazing. Because that's that's his mutant gift. Right. He can mimic a voice, right? Mimic any kind of sound, yeah. Which I feel like might not work if they were actually sentinels because robots and or sensors and or connection. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Oh, Jim. Up here. He like when he's being held by this fury, he's like full court jester looking. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's so funny to me. James Jaspers. Reality all. Reality none. Anomaly. Anomaly? You're sweet talking me. This seems like a... This data page is, these last two pages are just like, hey, we're throwing some other stuff in for the future. Yeah. Because this data page, out of nowhere, hey, Apocalypse has a will. He left everything to Richter, but also there's some secrets that doesn't look like he wants you to find. But we're figuring them out thanks to Bay. P.S. If Bay disappears, let me know. Yeah, right. I also love the fact that they have intense game nights where <laughs> Bay gets... Super angry if yeah. she loses. I can relate, Bay. I can relate. And the vampires. So this is the group that was uh, rescuing the sheriff and the sheriff's team. And so... Well, it also seemed like there was some telepathic miscommunication, too, on that big splash page where mm. they could... Rachel, are you there? What? Like They, they couldn't actually clearly hear each well, other across other there's too much world. going on, right? There's right. so much happening. And just the distance between realms. We don't know, like, the properties that govern it. Yeah. Yeah, these creepy little vampires at the end. They know they're there. Drooling for that mutant blood. Yee. Impossible. What'd you think? I love this book. I love it. I, I love think it. it's exciting. It's so I much better than beautiful. Excalibur. It's so much better than Excalibur. Okay. I, I know you loved Excalibur as well, so I, I know I say that and you're already upset. No, I'm not upset. I just think I think it is better than Excalibur, but I wouldn't say it's so much better. I think it's so much better than Excalibur. Well, everyone is entitled to their own opinion. I feel like you have all these things happening, but in a concentrated and interesting way. Less so overwhelming and random, like, oh, and this guy, and this guy, and, and Bloodstone, and, and the Warwolves, and... All these random things coming together that might have seeded a longer run, and maybe that was the intention. Maybe. But it's just, hey, we got five issues, maybe more, I don't know. And I we're just going to go with all this, and it's all going to be connected. And it also just feels like a really well-balanced cast. You know, yeah. there, there are a few odd character in- inconsistencies, but also a lot of new and reuniting personalities that I'm really interested in. Yeah, overall, I think this book is great. It's entertaining. It's witty. It's beautifully drawn. Like, just all of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Thoughts on the idea of leaving Shogo? Like, I, I know I said it. I'm I'm questioning it. I'm not that upset about it because I feel like it has a purpose. It definitely has a purpose. The heroic angle, the safety for Jubilee's son. She did call out. You know, she did appear like, oh, that's fine. I got my own thing going on. And. I was never really doing anything there anyway, so I might as well go with Leah. Yeah, I just think it's going... I I didn't think of it as... Losing your dragon? Right, because I was like, okay, we know Roma's coming back in the story, so... Sure. Shogo will do something. What are your thoughts on the group dynamics? So like I was saying, just it, it feels like a more balanced book in that it's not one or two characters leading the show, getting all of the development and or lines of dialogue or or things to do 
it just seems like everybody's got something. Everybody's playing off of each other. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say I would like to see some moments where the team embraces Mordred and sort of like helps him figure out who he is a little bit more because in this issue especially it sort of just felt like he was like bringing up the rear and they constantly had to be like come on Mordred don't fall behind come on Mordred don't fall behind I mean he's a he's a fresh out of the egg baby right right for sure and I think but that's the only character that I feel you know hasn't doesn't feel flushed out developed moving forward moving the story forward yeah which I, he also seems like he's going to play a big role. I think, I think definitely. So I think that'll work itself we'll out. We'll find out in the next three issues. But I, I feel like what he was introduced at the end of last issue. Right. And now I think Kailan has some past experiences. I don't know mm-hmm. too much their history, but the fact that they have both lived in Otherworld for a while, I'd imagine that there's some bad blood between them. Yeah, probably. PJ wonders if with Shogo... Will we be doing the X-Men thing of aging up our infants while everybody else doesn't age? I don't know. I just feel like Shogo is staying in other worlds. He's just going to be a dragon and he's not coming back. I agree. Sorry, Jubilee. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be really rough for Jubilee. And, but and really rough just for the readers slash the editorial team to be like, yes, she is leaving her baby to be a dragon in a far off world. Yes, but I feel like it's the necessary right choice for him to be able to thrive and be a character in his fullest potential. Agreed. And and also for Jubilee to be a character in her fullest potential because it was really just she carried around Shogo. And she had that one cool panel where she blew up the sky. Mommy's coming. Yeah, that is kind of disappointing. Like, I understand what you're saying, but... I- <laughs> It kind of like pulls at something in me as a, you know, a female, this idea that you can't be a, have a successful career if you have a child, you mm. know, like she should be able to have her baby and still be who she is. Like that shouldn't be her whole focus shouldn't have shifted. Like, yes, when you become a mother, your priorities shift and things like that. But it's also possible to have a career and have a child and if that's sort of the framework of it of well you can't we have to get we have to get rid of your baby so you can have your career like that i don't love well i just i it, i don't i didn't necessarily I didn't see it, it as like as like a mother who can't have a career it just shogo had more interesting things going on and was more of a focus narratively than jubilee was like she wasn't oh, yeah. doing anything oh i agree and i'm agree. glad she's off the book even though it's sad for her i agree completely yeah i think she's going to do great things in the exterminators i just I had to say that because it's a thing I think about sometimes in my own life. And, you know, art reflects life, you know? Sure. Worldline is happy to see Teeny acknowledge the fact that all Rachels exist in days of future past timelines and aren't a lot different, established by Claremont. Yeah, absolutely. There's no real necessarily difference between her across realities. She... I don't, they've never confirmed her to be a Nexus being, right? I don't, well, I don't. You asked me, right? <laughs> I did. I guess. I did. And then I was like, well, I can't ask you. I should probably Everybody, ask the internet. Right? Right? Right, people listening to this podcast right now? <laughs> what do you think? But I'm pretty sure Jean is. A Nexus being? Yeah. Well, I feel like that makes sense with and the Phoenix situation. Sure. But then also Rachel. Right. Rachel should be. And she was, I mean. 
to not have her on the Omega list is something that irks a lot of people because she was identified by Nimrod to be the first Omega level mutant. Right. It's kind of silly. That's a silly biscuit thing to do. Curls asks if we know who the Mr. M slash Mercator is that Merlin references. We talked about this on an episode, and you knew who they were. I know. I don't know, though, Curls. I don't know. Justin knows. He told me once. I already forgot. He's going to tell us again. Absalon Mercator. He is an Omega-level mutant. He's on the original list from House of X number one. Right. Mr. That's M. where I've seen his name before. He has previously been in comics. He first appeared in District X but hasn't really shown up too much after that, I don't believe. And we've never seen him in the Krakoan era. Well, he's around. And he is he's an Omega-level mutant with matter manipulation. Merlin's not excited about him? No, because, well, he doesn't know anything about him. And he also <laughs> could be this potentially super-powered guy that could easily disrupt unless you slap a collar on him. Yee. All sorts of matter manipulation. He has unlimited transmutational power to alter molecular structure of anything around him. Oh, dang. She also wants to know, the, the Siege Perilous is different. Any guesses of how it is? Mine is that it creates a new X realm. Ooh. We're like, I, I'd assume maybe if people went through it, they would go to another X-Men reality. Especially if you entered it in Otherworld, you have yeah. no idea how it's going to affect. That's so cool. Right? The first time we saw the Siege Perilous was at the end of Fall of the Mutants, where Roma actually gives it to the X-Men for their bravery for defending this right. reality and, and gives it to them, essentially gives them that as an out from their future. So I'm going to make you reborn and then make it so computers can't see you and you're in Australia. And also, if you go through this, you might show up in another place at another age with no memories in another body. You know. Is it a is it a one way door? Like once you go through it, you don't come back, or does it create like a gate situation? It is a one way. So you go through it, you show up in some other location, changed. Got it. How mm. you're changed is not predictable. Interesting. So I'm not sure if that's going to be the direct gateway to Krakoa that. Seemingly, Betsy thinks it is. It'd be cool if they went to another X-Realm or just like another universe. That would be cool. But would they all go to different universes? Would we never get those characters back? That's where they're going. They're going to another universe and then Clea is going to come bring them back. Hellfire Gala. That's why she's there. (laughs) Last but not least, Blonde China really dug both issues. Not a question, just a surprising statement. Great, great. (laughs) And, And absolutely, you know. Yeah. Is, it's always good when both issues feel like a good issue and you're like, yeah, I liked all that It was stuff. a great week. I read these in the car before my improv class. I started an improv class yesterday. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, I read these present. on the couch at the end of the day and then took a little snooze. Uh-oh. Just a 15-minute nappy. You ready for next week? Well, it depends what's coming next week. Well, a quick follow-up to Legion of X, which was just last week. Wow. It, it was delayed, I think. A couple of months. All right. As well as Marauders number three. Pop, pop, Marauders. What are you doing in space? Come back. Come to the Hellfire Gallery. What's Gala. happening? You have no time to create a new look. 
Ugh. It's basically her jacket. I don't. I'm looking at the cover right now for Marauders issue three, and it's it's the same jacket. I just I just can't. She's not even nothing. Didn't even call Jumbo. We need to get like more images of the looks. I need to see the full thing. I can't. I'm trying not to just judge it based on what I just saw in that preview image, but I'm just not happy. Not happy. Amazing Spider-Man number three comes out as well. Oh, that's cool. But I don't read that. I do. I Probably other people do too. Yeah, that's it. It's a twosie. Twosie? Will it be a doozy? Uh, 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 we'll see. We'll see. I'm definitely on the fence with this new Marauders book. Yeah. But Legion of X has a lot of things that I'm excited about. And is that Banshee on the cover? Oh, I don't know. I can't see it. Yeah. It's Banshee and Nightcrawler, it looks like. Dang. That's cool. Any other thoughts, questions, feelings? You want to sing me happy birthday? You want... Yeah, let's do it. No, happy I was just kidding. That was, that was a bad joke. Happy birthday to you. That was a bad joke. Happy birthday to you. I'm going to cut this out. Don't <laughs> cut this out. Oh, Justin, because it's your birthday. Ooh, ooh. There you Yay. go. I made that work. Until next time, old friend. Charles! Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. <laughs>